Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, LLC. Joining me, Steve Classic. And Nikki. Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Uh, This is Daniel Banya from Slate Ridge. Yes, so this is our guy. Hey, Daniel. Welcome to the show. Um, How are you? I, I'm good. I'm curious. Uh, Nikki kind of, you know, gave us a brief summary of what you might be calling about. I'm curious where, what state are you in? I'm in the state of Vermont. So it is Vermont. Okay. I think I may have warmer. read. I think I may have read something about you and your situation. But since uh, it's your first time calling in, why don't you go ahead and uh, you know give give our listeners the uh, the version? What's going on? Sure. So, um, once again, my name is Daniel Bonnier. I'm down here in West Paulette, Vermont. Uh, West Paulette, Vermont is a small town, about 690 full-time residents in Rutland County. Um, you know, a lot of people ask the landmarks as to geographically where I am. Uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty much in between Manchester, Vermont, and Rutland, Vermont. If those are some landmarks that, that may be a better focal point for people. Okay. But, um, you know, I've made some national news here, and really what it, the elevator pitch, the, the synopsis is uh, with these unbelievable conclusions is, is that I have this land in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, just recently some uh, ethical news medias did a Google Earth to really show the perspective of my plot. Um, I have over 30 acres, and there's thousands of acres around me. Mm-hmm. But needless to say, behind me is the largest slate quarry Okay. Um, you know, they mine a very specific uh, color of slate out of there. So in in perspective to what I'm doing or uh, what impacts I have on civilization, it's really critical to overemphasize that I'm in the middle of nowhere. Uh, to complement that, I'm also at the highest elevation, okay. the highest habitable elevation in my community. So having some of those you know, uh, focal points and, and base points already um, listed. I, I get this permit, you know, I, I come up with this idea to build a, a training facility here uh, under the state. I'm registered as an educational facility under the town. I'm permitted under a school slash training facility. So I build this modern, sophisticated, environmentally friendly shooting range Mm-hmm. And this is after you already went through all of the state paperwork that they would require, right? Like you, you did the things that yes. they asked for. Yes, correct, correct. Plus a lot, a lot more, Nikki. Um, what a lot of people never were privy to is the federal permitting, which was a federal firearms license, um, you know, a federal destructive device, a federal explosive license. So there was other licensing uh, criteria and qualifications that superseded the state as far as the authenticity of what I was doing. So, and a a lot of people look at that doctrine, right? You know, are you local, state, or federally certified? For my particular situation, um, which I think exacerbated my problem, is that I was so endorsed by the federal government with the appropriate certifications and bonding Mm -hmm. that, you know, that, that aggravated the community and ultimately put me in the position I'm in, along with a lot of other uh, scenarios. But, you know, I build this facility. 
Um, it's completely free. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a little biased. I'm saying it myself. It's world renowned. You know, you can, you can bring your family, your mother, your daughter, your sister, your children, you know, to come here to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there is no prerequisites other than being an American citizen, you know, obviously because we can't put firearms in hands of non-American or prohibited people. So I, I make this, this, this establishment, right? I make this beautiful place for anyone to come and that anyone really what set the, the, the monotone of my problems because Paul at Vermont, whether you know it or believe it, um, is some of the most racist people on this planet. And, and I like to say that with confidence because, you know, the diversification and, and ability for me, you know, uh, collaborating and, and working with people all over the world, it, 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 you know, I, I have a good picture on that, right? You know, so I let these folks come here, you know, people of color, the LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people of the Jewish community, um, and, and the list goes on, Asians, you know, Hispanics, blah, 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 blah. That's really when the town started th- this issue, right? The town, this problem metastasized with my lack of saying, hey, listen, here's a criteria, right? Here's a prerequisite. Here, here's a condition. And, you know, for me personally, you know, I, I grew up in New York. Um, you know, everybody in my neighborhood was a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was like a buffet of people. Yeah, the melting but, pot, you know, right? A little, right, right. You know, so um, I kind of incorporated that ideology coming to Vermont saying, well, okay, you know, I'm sure I'm going to meet some good old boys or I'll meet some of this or I'll meet some of that. Man, oh, man, let me tell you something. This, this community has been polluted with some of the most evilest people I've ever met in my life. and look what they've done to me. You know, I've made national news losing two very important constitutional rights. Now there's another arrest warrant out and now they're attacking my agriculture. You know, I have over 250 animals here that necessitate a complex, uh, you know, farming agricultural protocol, you know, feeding them, Hmm. housing them, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And now the town has attacked that in their latest motions to remove my grain silo, my chicken coop, my goat milking parlor, and other infrastructures that are heavily predicated on this agricultural farming uh, model. So what is, what's your timeline to move to New Hampshire? Do you have a timeline for that? You know, people, people, people send me emails. I get very um, people that say they'll, they'll bankroll the, the move, the, the, um, you know, the infrastructure rebuilding, you know, I, I recently said this on a, a podcast out west uh, right before Christmas. You know, when I when I came to buy this property, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I looked at it and I said, after looking at a many many different pieces of property throughout the tri-state area, you know, the focal points were either a lackadaisical gun laws. Okay, I'm just being completely transparent. Yeah, yeah. Or states that really embrace, you know, a Second Amendment. Um, uh, respect, you know, they respected the Second Amendment. Yeah. So, you know, when I found this property, I looked at the topography, I looked at the elevation changes, you know, I looked at all the dynamics of how I could literally produce a place that I could say, hey, listen, EPA, you know, anyone from the state, 
all of the embracing law enforcement communities that used to come and shoot and train here, I could say, listen, unequivocally, if you discharge a firearm on my land, unequivocally, your projectile will be embraced somewhere within my 30 acres. Right, yeah. And that's a very difficult thing to say for any other firearms um, venue anywhere in the United States. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I produced this place, um, you know, I, I, I feel that, you know, I really did walk on eggshells in the beginning. Um, you know, there's a couple of families, the one, the most notable that's in the, the news frequently, the Hewlett family, um, you know, the largest affluent and, you know, uh, economically viable family member, mm-hmm. um, uh, Mr., Mr. Richard Hewlett in the community here, you know, they embraced a conquer and control ideology for over, you know, several hundreds of years of, you know, controlling the community, controlling who is in the community, controlling the commerce in the community. And, um, you know, I, I, I unfortunately came up against these folks and they've been successful since 1837. You know, the community has really boasted with propaganda of this pro white, you know, pure white community. (laughs) And, um, Listen, no, I don't. I don't think I'm going to. Uh, I don't think I'm going to co-align with you folks, and that has really put me in the particular situation I'm in now. This sounds uh, horrifying, and I can't even imagine like the price tag that you've had to foot to battle all of this sure. thing. Like, like we talk on Free Talk Live all the time about uh, the yeah. evils of the state and how, like, they don't even have to like win. Right, they can just outspend right. you. you they just tie you up in court. Yeah, yeah tie you up in court until right. you're out of money, and then, oh, what are you going to do? You know. So what what has really <clears throat> exacerbated my particular problem is what my attorneys and I frequently speak about on the record, and to you know different um, credible organizations like yourself or you know other pro gun communities or, or pro constitutionalists is that. Um, on the record, it's really imperative that people focus on something that I'm about to tell you. And it's what we call the triangulation. So in my particular situation, if I can get your undivided attention, because this, this really should resonate as to how I'm failing. While people are doing more research uh, as the years have been going on, they're beginning to see how I've been in such a failing position in the state. So the town attorney, Mrs. Merrill Bent, You know, she represents the town and their efforts in destroying me, you know, removing me from the property, uh, foreclosing on the land, removing me from the state, et cetera, et cetera. Now, her her law partner, Rob Wellington, he is the executive at Vermont Digger. Well, he's the executive for for what? We we lost you there for a sec. He's the executive of Vermont Digger, their corporation. Okay. And what is Vermont Digger? Vermont Digger. Vermont Digger is the largest, um, you know, I'm not giving them compliments or kudos, but they're the largest publication in the state of Vermont. Oh. And they have been hell-bent on destroying me with their publication. So let's just take a step back and look at this, right? So Meryl Bent, Mrs. Bent, she takes, you know, client-protected information, gives it to Rob. Rob disseminates it through the Vermont Digger Digger publications, whether it be in print, whether it be online, whether it be audio, video, et cetera, okay? And then her child's father, uh, Jared Bianchi, is the 
assistant attorney general in the state of Vermont. Okay. So if if that doesn't put the hairs up on the back of your neck, they've controlled the media and they've controlled the constitutional amendments that I would be privy to. The triangulation. Okay. Uh, there's something there's something odd going on with your phone. Like when you start a sentence, every first word is a little quiet. I'm wondering if you're on like a Bluetooth headset or something. Yeah. Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. Um, okay. So I was uh, during the break. I was telling Nikki that I saw some video of you at what I can only call like a town hall type of hearing where you like went in front of you know uh, the officials officials uh, uh, you know they're they're in vermont <laughs> or, or wherever and and i remember going wow this guy's getting the shaft uh can you you know shed any light on that sure so basically my town board i exposed several years ago favoritism nepotism and corruption they didn't know what the word nepotism meant so i took the time to really educate them okay <laughs> what what i what i have felt and and many of their own constituents that didn't know is that when you have a five panel select board i mean it it's not select men because we have a female now so it's select board members sure. but when you have at one end of the table an employer business partner at the other end of the table that's favoritism when you have a father and a son, that's nepotism. Right. So when you look at votes or positions in which the town would go into an executive session or go into some means of yaying or naying my existence in the community, it's very corrupt because you have favoritism and nepotism. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the problem when we're kind of handing over power to these elected, quote unquote, officials, because... This is usually how it is. Like, this isn't unique to Vermont. I'm sure this is happening almost everywhere in these situations. And people are, like Captain said, getting shafted and their freedoms are being taken away. And even in this case where Daniel did everything right, right, you know, like he jumped through all the the paperwork, paid all the fees, got the licensing. And they still had the power because they're essentially, you know, monopolizing and controlling everything in this area they had the power to to take away his rights and his freedoms. But do you think do you think that four out of those five board members should recuse themselves because of conflict of interest? Sure. We we've asked that in a number of different hearings and their rebuttals are um first they, they overemphasize that they're a quasi you know um they're a quasi branch, you know, they're a quasi type of uh, group of individuals. Okay. Um, so th- they'll the select that board? immediately. The select board is quasi? Well, well that's what they'll say. That is, <laughs> that, is their, that is on record that their, their, their go-to is that, you know, we're a quasi group. <laughs> then the second thing they'll say is that we're a small community. It's impossible to not have some bias, but we're professionals and we would not behave inappropriately. Yeah, and wow. I've asked a number of times for many different levels of whether I'm in front of the select board or the developmental review board or um, the civil uh, authority that, you know, the civil justice authority, you know, please folks, you know, you're, you're by the desire to eradicate me, to eliminate my constitutional rights is heavily predicated and authenticated by corruption and favoritism and nepotism. Um, That's actually my documentary. I'm filming a documentary now. And that's what it's really based upon. But they'll just say no and then continue 
you know, um, profound votes against me. I mean, listen, guys and gals, I, I've lost, you know, across the board. I mean, I, I overemphasize to people how dangerous the precedent has been set in Vermont. Yeah. You know, heavy, heavy Republican people, uh, even the Batarians, you know, many different groups have said, listen, we may not like this guy, right? We may not like that he likes guns or that he lets, you know, every type of person come on his land. Okay. But he got a permit in 2016, and in 2021, they voided it and told him to take the buildings down. Yeah, like, it just doesn't seem like that should be a lot. I, I, I'm just having a hard time even understanding how they can just revoke your permit and tell you you have to... And take your buildings down. Yeah, like that's sure. insane. Daniel, you mentioned, I just want to circle back a little bit. You mentioned you're filming a documentary. Do you have a title for that yet? <laughs> you can't no, say it no, on the we air. Don't. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's that's part of it. But <laughs> we're, 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 we're very near to completing it. Um, you know, I, 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 I like to tell people that it probably won't have a huge entertainment value because all I'm doing is trying to win back my credibility right. from these rag news medias that have reported you know, really ridiculous and erroneous statements about me. But it's not surprising because this is, you know, a a fundamental fact of what I believe. I always knew I was going to have a little bit of anti-gun pushback, right? I mean, it's not my first rodeo. I'm 55 years old. I've been all over the country, all over the world shooting guns. Obviously, there's always a little tiff everywhere you go. I never thought in a million years this would metastasize into such a problem of such a group of such a small group of people that hate the second amendment and they'll do anything, anything to get rid of guns. And, and that's really what is, is the precedent down here, right? You know, maybe, you know, we could have won on a different platform. You know, we're, we're in the second circuit, United States um, federal court, second circuit in Manhattan now, okay. um, which, you know, we, we should be able to prevail on a First Amendment violation, you know, they made me take down the school. You know, I could have repurposed the school into a church, mm-hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, um, you know, anything. Right. Granny's crocheting. Um, so, you know, Vaccine clinic, they'd probably go with that. Yeah, <laughs> vaccine <just> clinic. <laughs> um, you know, my LGBTQ groups that come here, they've had a hundred different ideas for it. Um, you know, so th- th- there's a huge hit there. Yeah. And then the Second Amendment, obviously barring and prohibiting any type of discharging of firearms on 541 Briar Hill Road is lunacy. It's, it's, it's really ridiculous. Um, is there a place that our listeners can go to, like a website or something, to find out more, to show their support, or to you know assist you in any way? Sure. The only thing we have right now is we have a, um, a Gibson Go uh, platform out there. Sure. Um, you know, we have other, you know, social media platforms. Um, I, I can say this for you and your listeners, this, this recent war, um, warning, uh, I think Nikki saw it, right? Wanted, they put these new yeah. wanted posters up about me. Oh, I, I think all the way from the governor down to the local police that are, that are trying to get, you know, their five minutes of fame or get on this popularity, um, about my case, it's backfiring because if there is a thousand comments, nine hundred and ninety-eight are positive for me. Right, right. You, you know what I mean? And and it, it was interesting because I recently quoted something. You know, uh, a month ago, Fox News did something, and it was two hundred. Uh, excuse me, two point three million views 
and 610,000 positive comments. Vermont is only six is only like 700,000 residents. So, you know, the, the, the size of, of, of Vermont really basically was supporting me in the sense of, hey, listen, this is fair, right? This is, you know, this is, this is morally, legally, ethically aligned with what our freedoms stand for. I found a uh, link to a Give, Send, Go that says Stand with Slate Ridge. Is that right? Yes. That's us. Yes, sir. I will uh, attempt to publish this to the Free Talk Live social media so all of our listeners who are listening, uh, as long as they subscribe to our social media, they can find a link uh, to that. Um, We're bumping up against the top of the hour here. Um, Yes. So... Uh, I want to just you know make sure that people understand the the depth of this because we've only you know barely scratched the surface of your situation, but I certainly encourage you to continue to call this show really whenever you want to. I mean, uh, Nikki and I are here on Sundays, so if you want to mm-hmm. call on Sundays, that's okay. fine. It's always seven to ten p.m. The phones are always open. Uh, you know, I want to encourage you to keep us and and our listeners updated on this because this sucks, man. I mean it. It, yeah. it reminds me a little bit of, um, you know, sort of what happened in, in Granby, Colorado. You know, the way the, mm-hmm. the town came together, like, just with a vengeance against one man. And, yes. like, it, none of this should be happening to you, man. This is this is crap, in my opinion. Thank you. I, I appreciate your guys' support. I appreciate you giving me the platform. Like, Nikki reached out, and I'm I'm so grateful to her for this. You know, I think she was able to see some of the 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 tomfoolery with these folks that are muttering and regurgitating rhetoric that is completely you know but but that is something I learned too that you know um, I guess in closing this people are like Dan you got to suck it up it's you know small community good old boys but another you know caveat to that is this closed and small-minded uh, people that just completely forget that hey listen we may not like this guy. We may not like the story. We may not like guns or he's letting all these folks come that we don't necessarily agree with, but it's a component of our constitutional rights that Mm -hmm. if they take a little bit away from me, they'll take a little bit away from you guys. Absolutely. Unscreen call. You're on free talk live. Hello. Hello. Uh, I just wanted to call in and say, thank you for letting me listen. Sure. And, uh, (laughs) with, that's supposed to be a radio joke because you can't stop me. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, uh, we, we uh, well, well, you're like, welcome. For... I'm like, yeah, I was, I was like, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm Ron Burgundy. Also, I wanted to apologize for not calling in as often as I should. Sarah from New Mexico seems to have put me to shame. Oh, and well, she'll do. I'm that. going to do my best to remedy that. Uh, what was your name again? Inconvenient tooth. Inconvenient Keith. Tooth. tooth, tooth. I thought he said teeth. Oh, tooth, tooth. Like singular. Like okay, one gotcha. tooth. All right. Uh, so there's only one of me. So what's on your mind tonight? Oh, just those things mostly. Yeah. Okay. If, if you want me to throw something out there, I would. Uh, I would urge the listeners to take your kids out of public school. I love that. Yep. Oh. Thank you. That's a great That's message. That's a little nugget of wis- uh, wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. All the people who say things like. Well, if your kid doesn't go to school, they won't be normal. That's the point. <laughs> right. yeah. But also, like, have you seen public school kids? Like, what? So, what is our definition of, of normal? Because there's like litter boxes in, in <laughs> yeah, right. classrooms right, right now. So, we've reached idiocracy. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by Carl's yep. Jr. Uh, the children would be better off 
kidding around playing video games. Yeah. They'd learn more than they would in public school, absolutely. Yeah, the thing about learning is that it doesn't require uh, an institution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people, well, have been, people have been learning, like, uh, all of their lives. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, like, compulsory, you know, institutionalized learning facilities are very much a new thing, you know. And, and once you learn about the history of where these schools came from like first it was the catholic first it was the catholic church right and they were just trying to get people to obey god and obey the church and then you know it moved on to the state and it's like oh well if we make this compulsory and we force people to send their kids here we will have obedient you know, citizens, and they will (laughs) obey the state, and we will teach them the word of the state. It's very much about obedience and compliance, and it has nothing to do with education or learning. John Taylor Gatto wrote some real good stuff, tracing tracing the history of modern public schooling uh, to the old Prussian system during Mm -hmm. uh, World War I, uh, where, like, what they were trying to develop was a way to uh, get people to work in factories and get them trained up as quickly as possible with a minimal amount of time spent uh, teaching them how to you know pull the levers and you know turn the wheels and, and that right. type of a thing and so they found that this system of like chairs in a row Ro- rows and, yeah. and you know somebody up at front with a stick and you know <laughs> an authoritarian figure right going over the material was like the fastest way to train these factory employees uh, and so when they found out that that worked and that people were just smart enough to pull the levers, but not smart enough to question why, yeah. uh, then all of a sudden governments are like, hey, this is interesting. <laughs> we could use this. We could do this to <laughs> yeah. our citizenry and keep them yeah. just dumb enough to keep electing us. Yeah. But not smart enough to, you know, rebel right. against their Give, give their them some drinking, drinking fountains with fluoride in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and set. that's why so many people, when you start saying things like this, like, we don't need schools. Like, you can be educated outside of schools. And there yeah. are better, more efficient ways to do this mm-hmm. that don't involve imprisoning children. People freak out. Because this is one of my favorite topics, right? So <laughs> I, like, post a Facebook status, like, public schools are prisons. And then they people... Are. And then people will comment on it and they're like, they freak out. They're like, what do you mean? How how are we going to educate the children? And I even had, uh, I have one of my old teachers from middle school on Facebook and she commented on that status about public school. I was was quoting Peter Gray in his book, Free to Learn. Uh, and she goes, "Oh, does that make me a prison guard?" Oh, you're, you're uh, just I, poking the hornet's nest, aren't you? And I didn't, I didn't want to. That's our Nikki. I didn't really want to <laughs> get into it, you know, on Facebook comments. But I guess I'll get into it on the radio. Uh, and what I really wanted to say was, no, actually, you're far worse than a prison guard mm. because prisoners were allegedly they did something wrong. They were convicted of a crime. The only, pu- the only crime these children committed was that they are under the age of 18. Mm -hmm. So because of the compulsory schooling laws in the United States, they are forced to be here against their will. Yep. I mean, the, the levels of hopelessness and the rates of suicide are higher than they were in world war two or the great depression. Mm -hmm. I mean, and these are like, this is real stuff. Yeah. Uh, If any of our listeners out there, uh, you know, are, are willing to do a real life uh, comparison, go take a tour of your local prison yeah. 
and then go take a tour of your local high school. Having one stay-at-home parent uh, is a far greater advantage to any child mm-hmm. yep. than having zero stay-at-home parents and sending them to daycare and sending them off to the, the, the government babysitter mm-hmm. known right. as public schooling. Yeah. Uh, it, like, I mean, do the research for yourself, but that evidence has been out there for some time. Uh, it's just commonly ignored because yeah. people don't want to put the effort in. It's yeah. people want to take the path of least resistance. And that is, oh, the government says I should send my kids to public school. They don't want to put any effort into it. And really you're right. You, you don't have to be a teacher. You just no. have to be an encourager. Yeah. You have to, when your child finds something that they're drawn to, that they're attracted to, a subject, a, a, you know, anything, right, encourage them to explore and that give subject. Them, yeah. Give them the resources. Yes. Like, that's the biggest thing. It's not, you don't have to teach them. They will learn themselves. Absolutely. But, but give them the resources. Like, if my kid was interested in architecture, well, let's bring them to an architect. Like, I'm sure we yeah, can right. find somebody in the community. And a lot of people love children and love to just teach. Yep. And it's like, oh, I'll teach you how to, you know what I mean? Like, yep. just just simple things like that. It doesn't have to be so serious or so stressful or so strict. And there's or algebra. Do you, yeah. you need algebra? No, yeah. I don't. I've never I mean, used also it. like YouTube. I mean, this is the I was future. Say. Like, but you're you're the kids, and they're so they're just sponges, and they can learn so quickly. So you put a kid in front of a computer, you don't even need to teach him how to use it. Maybe put like parental blocks or something, but they'll figure it out themselves. Yeah, I was going to say, um, uh, you know, I'm a, a man of age. I'm over fifty. I'm fifty one mm-hmm. now, and uh, you know. Okay, I might be, uh, I, I, I lean into tech pretty heavily and have most yeah. of my life, but there are people way younger than me that are far more technical than me this at this point in space and time. However, even to this day, I myself and other people of my age have figured out how to learn stuff. For right. example, uh, you know, something uh, something goes wrong and you're like, oh man, how do I fix this? You go right. to the YouTube. Right. Yeah. You, you Washing the machine. Uh, not YouTube working. University. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't oh. tell you how many times a, a week, a month that people have been like, yeah, man, this thing happened. And then I went and I searched online and like, oh, there it was. There's like five videos yeah. on how to yeah. fix this thing. And bam, bam, bam. I went, bought the part and I put it in and now it's fixed. Right. And like, but that's how people, that's how people of age learn. Imagine how fast children learn. Oh yeah. Right. right? Absolutely. Like they're going to, they're going to pick that up. They're going to absorb it like a sponge. They're going to internalize it. All of the, imagine like when I was growing up, you had to like look stuff up in the encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You right? had to and find hope, a book or a and person hope that to it talk was, to. That it was a recent edition yeah. of the encyclopedia. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I had had the world's knowledge at my fingertips yeah. on a magic rectangle in my pocket, Oh my gosh, man. Like school is completely unnecessary. Uh, all of the things you need to learn, the basics of learning, right? Reading, writing, and arithmetic, right? The three R's as they mm-hmm. call it, even right. though one of them's an A. Uh, <laughs> they can't, they can't it, spell it It right. takes a very <laughs> small period of time to teach a human being how to read, how to write, and how to do math. It takes yeah. a very small period of time. The rest of the 12 years that the government is subjecting your children to is all brainwashing. It's well, all indoctrination. It's, it's wasted time. Is what it is. It's just, oh, you know, in kindergarten, we all line up and hold hands like that. And then you have Mm. to waste time. This kid is being scolded because he can't sit still because you're forcing him to sit in a chair all day and he's five. And there's a lot of time that's just spent filling time. Well, so if you're if you're just letting your kid learn on their own, they will learn these concepts in so much less time and then they will get to be free (laughs) 
to right. play and, the rest of the day like they're supposed to. They're kids. And public schools teach to the median, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they don't teach to, to the highest aptitude or the lowest aptitude. They teach to the, the average of the class. Yep. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. America, that's the United States, has borrowed $1 trillion since the start of football season. Uh, since September, let's just say. How many zeros are in a trillion? Oh, I honestly... A lot. Seven? <laughs> I, I, uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, must be the storm. Uh-oh. Uh yeah, yeah, lights have been flickering. Ugh. We may still be live. We are. We may still. We be might live. still be oh, live because I'm seeing the I'm seeing the compressor working over there. So yeah. All Something right. So if you're listening, if you're still hearing our voices, we're getting flickering lights up here. With we're us waiting. Is this what they were talking about with the snow in New England? <laughs> Yeah. They tried to warn no all the storm. Floridians tried to warn us about this, but we didn't listen. <laughs> or maybe we just lost our headphone feed. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I was hoping. All right, so uh, the captain has to take over the uh, the starship here. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> anyways, how, how many zeros is it in a how trillion? Many, I, I don't. My know. guess was seven because there's six in a million. But then, then you get oh, to a billion, then so a thousand what, billion. I don't know. But I did the math. If you divide, if you divide a trillion by the the, the football season, which is roughly four months, it's two, it's two hundred fifty billion dollars a month. And it was like, I don't know. Then divide that by thirty days. It's I don't know five or six billion a day. That's crazy. In borrowing, you know. So who is is it? The Federal Reserve. That's like. I also don't really love the word borrowing. In this case, you know what I mean? Because where they're borrowing it from the Federal Reserve, so essentially they're just printing more money. Like who? They're not actually borrowing borrowing it. it. They're just well, they're destroying lo- the economy well, worse than it already was. Well, they're was. loaning it into existence. That's how money is made. It's loaned. So well, it's, that, yeah, that's it's how loan- fiat currency right. is made. So yeah. it's loaned to the federal government a trillion, and then magically more money has to come back to the bank. You know, a trillion uh, and a half has to come back, or whatever, a trillion and a billion. You know, interest payment of a billion. So, and considering we're how many, how many trillion dollars? In I debt? think it was thirty. About thirty-five. Thirty-four. 34? We just passed the thirty-four trillion. So uh, at, at I that, don't know if it's going to come back. At that pace, I think <laughs> by next year at this time we'll be at forty trillion, roughly. Yeah. And like, where 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 is the uh, you know. Is it fifty trillion? A hundred trillion? Do we? Is there what's after a trillion? A quadrillion? <laughs> Can we be a gazillion? A gazillion? We're a gazillion <laughs> dollars in debt. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, when are people going to finally admit that the system has failed? Is it? Is it when we're a gazillion dollars? I, I, I like they, these are made up numbers because at one point in time they were unfathomable. Right, even a trillion. And now... It was like a trillion dollars. Like, wow, that's a lot of money. And now it's like, I yeah, mean, 34 maybe, trillion, no big deal. Maybe the U.S. could take a page out of Venezuela's book. 
and um, just they just kept taking the currency back and then like changing it like oh this is the new currency and they would just like take away like slash off a bunch of zeros right yeah and they're like oh this is the new i forget what their currency was called but oh this is the new whatever or whatever yeah yeah Yeah, this is the new one and they would just slash off like four zeros from it they'd make everybody you know bring their money back to the bank and then reinstitute the new money that was well that's always the fear is like they're going to do it on a long weekend like a thanksgiving weekend where you can't get your money Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, banks are closed. We're going to revalue the currency. Yeah. And that's why people are like, well, store cash. Like, well, what good is cash going to do? You know, you've got to that's store valuable. And the thing is, like, what what I'm doing with extra money, besides buying lumber, is buying durable goods that will last a long time. Yeah. Buying good quality because boots. Because that's worth more. Yeah. If you yeah. have that, you know, if you buy it with today's dollars... It, it will hold its value, I think, longer as Absolutely. inflation goes up. And I think that is good advice because especially where we have all of these goods, I mean, food is becoming more and more expensive. Ammunition is becoming more and everything is becoming more and more and more expensive to the point where it's going to be unattainable. And we've seen this happen in other countries where the economy really tanks and then a loaf of bread is like $50 and people can't even afford to eat. They're literally starving in the streets. Right. And I mean, I hate to be all doom and gloom, but it does seem like this is kind of the direction Mm -hmm. that the United States is going in. People rarely think about the tax because it is rolled into the total. I remember when I was in California, because at this point I was so used to living in New Hampshire with no sales tax. (laughs) Um, And even... So I was in L.A. County, and they I forget what the sales tax was, but I think it was like 9% or something like astronomical. Well, it's a state, um, it's a state tax and a county tax. Yes. Right? Like, I think yes. New York is the same way. So the county tax in L.A. County was... It's, basically, I was I was buying something that was $20, and I knew it was $20 after the price. So I went to scan it. That was the only thing I was buying. And then she charged me for like, more, like $23, $24, $26, something like that. And I was like, I don't really care about like the few bucks, but I just want to let you know, like that's what it was priced at. I'm being overcharged. Like it just wasn't. Right. I'm like, I'm not really gonna fight you about it, but just to let you know, I was just mentioning it to the cashier, mm-hmm. uh, and she said, "Oh, that's a tax." And I'm like, "Yeah, but you didn't hear me. Like it was like <laughs> three dollars on, on twenty dollars." And she's like, "Yeah, that's that's just that's the, the tax. tax." Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. And then I went and did the math. I was like, oh, yikes. Yeah, it was almost like 10% Wow! for the tax. I think they had had the highest tax in the country. But even so, and it's like all of those people that live there, I mean, a ton, millions of people live in L.A. County. Every day. And I'm sure all those people, I mean, that's a very rich area to live. So I'm sure they're spending a ton of money and they're just paying all of these taxes without even thinking about it. It just gets rolled into the total. Right. And they don't even think about it. Well, I, I I bought some stuff in Connecticut, and I'm I'm dealing with a vendor there, and I wasn't dealing with my regular salesperson salesman. Um, so the the kid said, um, well, it's uh, it was it came up to like two hundred dollars, and he says it's two hundred and twelve dollars. I said, well, you know, I, I'm shipping this stuff to New Hampshire. There's no sales tax. He goes, yeah. well, you have to pay the sales tax. Not and if I you're sa- shipping it to New I, Hampshire. I, technically, I, said, I, said, I mean, you don't uh, on on Amazon, right? Well, this is uh, this was in Connecticut. So anyway, yeah, yeah, it was through a vendor, but not through Amazon. But he said, um, no, but still, I mean, like the point right. is typically where you're shipping it. Right. Is so I'm trying to ed- you- right. So I'm trying to educate the kid on yeah. no sales tax. 
and I, I, you know, he may or may not have known this. So I, so he goes, it's, well, it's only twelve dollars. Yeah, what but he said to me, I said, well, yeah, but it's twelve dollars for the state. I mean, right. So I said, well, it's only twelve dollars, and give me twelve dollars. And he was like, well, oh, well, I don't, I didn't see it that way. I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, it's that way. Yeah. So no, and that's the thing too, and it, and it's not about the twelve dollars, right? It's about where the twelve dollars <laughs> is going. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that was like my point with the phone charger or whatever I was buying. I was like, I don't love Walmart as a corporation. I don't think, you know, I don't love giving them my money. You know, I'd rather right. give my money to like a mom and pop store or a friend or something. But giving $3 to Walmart feels a lot better or or the lumberyard or wherever you're, you know, the, right. the supplier you're talking about. Giving $3 to a business feels a lot better than giving $3 to the, to the state. Government. You know what I mean? <laughs> like exactly. that's just like ammo that they're going right. to use to like shoot little kids overseas right you know Absolutely. what i mean like that is funding the war machine mm-hmm. say what you will about walmart or amazon but they're not actively murdering people as far <laughs> as i know but they are holding you know? out it's funny because if you're a business and you're charging sales tax you're basically the, the state is employing you to take money yeah and then they you know then you have to do all the paperwork to report yeah. that money and that's actually a great way that's a great way to put it. It's like the... Um, they should kick back some money to you. Hey, thanks for doing our work for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's like, um, you know, back in back in the day and, you know, early America where they would have to have the tax man come physically to, <laughs> from town to town to collect the, the tax, tax revenue. Right. The tax collector. Yeah. Now all of this stuff is automated. But, you know, if your family's starving and the tax collector comes and he's like, you owe me this much money and you don't have it. I mean, and that's where a lot of, you know, turbulence started in early America right. because people were more concerned with feeding their families and, you know, that, you know, the, the English come and they're like, you know, we need money from you and they're demanding money from you and you don't have it. Mm-hmm. But now it's just people are so conditioned. So this one is from Business Insider. Florida man sues Duncan for $50,000 in damages. Florida man, of course. <laughs> After claiming exploding toilet left him covered in human feces. Sounds Well, it's probably his own. Gross. It's own it's probably his feces. <laughs> I know it's not like a porta potty, right? Human feces, of course. Well, if you're in a t- I would just love to know how this happened. I mean, is it like an exploding plumbing, toilet. piping? The was toilet? He, he might have been just, you know, 500 pounds. <laughs> the toilet just gave out. I don't know. Let's find out. So a man in Florida is suing Duncan for more than $50,000 damages after claiming a toilet exploded and covered him in feces and urine, according to a lawsuit seen by Business Insider. Paul Kurak claimed that in 2022, he suffered severe and long-term injuries. After a toilet, after the toilet exploded in the men's room of a Dunkin' store in Winter Park, Florida. Is his last name Kurig? K- it's a K. I thought it was Kurig, like the, the Karak. The- I'm assuming I'm probably oh. butchering it. It's K E R O U A C. Oh, I thought it was Kurig, like the little Karak. No, little- not not Kurig. <laughs> we're gonna wear to sue Dunkin' Donuts, right? Yeah. So Karak said both he and the interior of the room were covered in debris. Covered? Including human feces and urine following the incident. wonder if there's any toilet paper involved there, too. (laughs) 
After leaving the room, he said he tried to get help from staff at the store. This is like so humiliating. And was told <laughs> that they were unaware of the problem with the toilet. Or no, they were aware oh. of the problem with the toilet as prior incidents with the toilet had occurred per the lawsuit. Yeah. The suit goes on to say that Karak is now in counseling and <laughs> requires mental health care due to the trauma he experienced. Okay. It says he suffered bodily injury and psychological damages mm. resulting in pain and suffering, disability, permanent and significant emotional injury, mental anguish, loss of the capacity for the enjoyment of life. <laughs> Can't eat, is, he can't enjoy a donut intense. anymore. This is intense. <laughs> and expensive medical care and treatment. This, I mean, they're really going in. And he's I only super know, 50 grand? I mean, it'd yeah, be like I mean, 50 that's million. A lot. That's like a lot. 50 um, trillion. I mean. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, I need more details of what actually happened. Because toilets don't just explode. I've never heard of a toilet exploding without throwing explosives. A, throwing like, an M80 down. Flushing yeah, an M80. Yeah, without actual, like, explosives being flushed down the toilet unless um, unless the water just you know it was backed up or something but I see mean, the the problem is the employee said oh yeah we're aware of it they should have said yeah oh, i don't know because if you say you know you're aware of it then yeah eh, all right you're on the hook i need more details because exploding uh, clearly it was a plumbing issue right yeah um or maybe the guy was really fat and it just well, it, it just broke collapsed yeah. okay but that's not exploding that's you broke the toilet yeah. I mean, I have had explosive diarrhea <laughs> once or twice in this my life, but this is next ridiculous. Level. This is ridiculous. Did you have... Um, the toilet didn't have a diarrhea. Did you, did you experience bodily injury, uh, disability, permanent and significant emotional injury, and the loss of the capacity for the enjoyment of life? <laughs> I mean... Temporarily, probably. Temporarily, yeah. It wasn't until I was relieved, if you will, that I, yeah. I recovered from that... Uh, those, those 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 different words there. <laughs> oh man! So Dunkin' is perhaps better known under its yeah Dunkin' Donuts whatever. Um, the business rebrand yeah we don't care about Dunkin' Donuts re-brand. rebranding. Okay yeah Dunkin' Donuts whatever. Um, now it's just a commercial for Dunkin' Donuts. It, well, that uh, that's from Business Insider. Now wasn't yeah. So and they're not Dunkin' Donuts doesn't want to comment on the issue. So. Well, well, That's all this, we got. It's funny because this this story is from Business Insider, and then last week we had a story from the Wall Street Journal talking about some hair care product, and the and the whole story was a it turned in from you know kids getting permanents to this this hair care product. Yeah, then so it, it was, switches into like some sort of right, like you a, know, like advertisement. Right. Yeah. So you people, the people who are watching or you know Business Insider, it's like. Well, everyone's talking about Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Where you wouldn't be talking about Dunkin' Donuts. In fact, we're talking about Dunkin' I mean, Donuts. It's true. Also, I don't know who would think, like, read a story. Like, you read the first part of the article, right? And you're like, wow, the toilet exploded. What? A, that's weird. Uh, and then you're like, wow, I really, it's so cool that they rebranded their name. I love how they're <laughs> right. modern now. And I totally want to go get a coffee and a donut. So, I don't think anybody is thinking that after reading, but, but they, they're trying to to turn it into that. Right. So a lot of the if it, if it's a if it's a uh, publicly traded company, they'll they'll put Dunkin' Donuts with a little parentheses like D N K N forty six dollars yeah. a share or whatever. <laughs> I know. I wonder. We should look at the stock. Did yeah. it go up or down? <laughs> it blew up. It blew up. It exploded. <laughs> the stock is exploding. 
This from the criminalnewsnetwork.com, also known as CNN. <laughs> Poop-powered planes. Could jet fuel made from sewage take off? <laughs> take off. Yeah, uh-huh. note, note, note the pun. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, in the race for alternative sustainable jet fuels, some companies are getting creative. We've heard about planes powered with cooking oil, but what about jet fuel made entirely from human waste? Firefly Green Fuels, an aviation company based in Gloucestershire, Ook. Oh. Or Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire. UK. Uck. Uck. Uck, as I, I like to pronounce it, has created just that. And unsurprisingly, the prospect of poop-powered planes is attracting attention. Like, why wouldn't it? Wow. <laughs> While sustain, wait a minute. Now, what if they redesigned all the seats in the plane to be toilet seats, <laughs> right? And now that's it's, efficient. Now it's passenger powered, right? That's right. efficient. And you, you'd probably get a free meal because they probably want you to go. And then, and then if they install <laughs> those, finally some free airplane food. <laughs> and then they install those those bicycle pedals in front of you, <laughs> right? Yeah. To get a little electric, so that now, you, in case you need to work it up a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah. And then like coffee's free, right? Yeah, you know? coffee's yeah. free. They're feeding you like prune juice beans, free. yeah, prune <laughs> juice and beans on your for your in-flight yeah. meal. Sorry, just tangent there. Oh yeah, I have an that's imagination. A, that's a business opportunity. Have you ever been? You know? Have you ever been behind a a, a car that works on diesel or, or biodiesel, like? Cooking oh, like, like yeah, the French fries. Like French fries yeah, yeah, can you imagine the airports, how they would smell if these things are burning? Oh, jeez, oh, yeah. They'd be like, what smells so good? Are we at a farm? What's, what's going on? What smells Although, so efficient? There was, there was a time I took a flight, and um, we complained. And by we, I mean me and a bunch of other passengers, because it smelled like fuel. Jet fuel, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're like, strongly. And like, one lady's like, I'm oh. getting a headache. Yeah. And like, I'm getting nauseous. That and jet kind of stinks. And they like let it made us sit there for like I don't know forty five minutes or something taxi you know and they're like oh no no it's fine we're blah 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 whatever and then finally they're like okay everybody get off the plane oh, we've got a fuel spill yeah <laughs> yeah now imagine if that happened with like <laughs> uh, you know oil powered yeah. and like ah oh, it smells like French fries right, right? there's no problem here right? you know would what, you complain about that and when a plane is in trouble they dump fuel. So it's a oh, new uh, new new uh, term there to dump. Well, I don't know. Dump. Oh my gosh! I don't know if you guys heard about the Alaska Airlines flight. That was another big one in the news. The blown um, out window door. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Within the first twenty minutes after takeoff. Say what? Yeah. What? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Uh, some some off, part of the plane out? blew blew away. Was it the window or Something the door got, or something? It was like dramatic. Some yeah. got depressurized quickly. Yeah, got depressurized, yeah. blew out the window, and no one was sitting in that seat. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they would have just went right yeah. out the window. Well, the door isn't Literally. usually attached to a seat, but they do usually ask somebody to sit near the door. It might have been a yeah. bulkhead. I don't know. It looked like it was kind of in the middle of the... That's like the emergency Maybe it's door, emergency row. right? So, and then yeah. they're always like, okay, if you're disabled, you can't sit here because right. you need right. to help other passengers. Right. You know, right. it has to be someone able and willing yeah. right. to I sit got in those sat seats. in one of these and they're like, are you capable of lifting this lever, sir? And I'm like, yes, yeah. no problem. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm like, do right, I get more fine. leg room? Yeah, I yeah. can do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so at any rate, uh, we've heard about planes powered with cooking oil, but what about jet fuel made entirely from human waste? Well... Uh, SAF, Sustainable Aviation Fuel, is not new. The idea of using sewage, an abundant and unavoidable waste, is a novelty. So could it really be the future of air travel? 
Commercial aviation procedures, I'm sorry, produces about 2.5% of global carbon emissions contributing to climate change. Yeah, that's a lie. I've heard of a, um, I follow a lot of like off-grid homesteader type people, like alternative building and stuff like that. And um, one of these folks had a, some sort of like heater, like a heating device for their house that was powered, I believe it was by compost. Yeah. Um, but you could also like pow- like power the heat with human waste because it builds a lot of heat, the methane gases and stuff yeah. like that. So they were essentially heating their house with the whatever waste. That's yeah, awesome. with whatever waste they I've, had. I've told the tale about how to turn your compost pile into a, a, what do you call it? underfloor heating. This is from theargus.co.uk. Look. Man pleads guilty after Lou's woman dies at slap therapy workshop. Yikes. Okay, now. That was a heck of a slap. Now, I, uh, I subscribe to the non-aggression principle. Yep. And that is to say that uh, I don't believe in initiating violence. Endless? That, that doesn't, that. that doesn't mean that I haven't. You know, come upon some MFers that have <laughs> desperately needed to be slapped. <laughs> right? Uh, we've all we've all known these types of people. Right? Yeah. I'm not saying that you should you know haul off and slap people. I'm just saying that like sometimes there's some people sometimes on planet Earth that you're slapped, just like, man, yeah. that guy needs to be slapped. Yep. You get uh, the reset button on him. So, <laughs> <laughs> like the TV. Yeah. So, so I'm curious as to what. What happened at the slap therapy workshop? Well, it reminds me of, um, what is that? The, the shock therapy mm. that they use for yeah, like yeah. depression. Yeah. They still do that. Really? Current, like present day, they still do. Previously, they would do stuff like that for like gay people. And it was more like, oh, that's, mm. you know. We're, like, um, yeah, not I thought really they have goats walking great. out people now, don't they? Yeah, the goat yoga. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's different. <laughs> like Bruce Lee would shock himself while working out in an effort to, you know, train better and build his muscle mass wow. or something. I don't you really. Know, he he thought that it gave him yeah like the some sort of a competitive edge to train that way, like uh, electrocuting your neurons or something. I know when yeah. when I went to a chiropractor once, they put these little electrodes on your back, mm-hmm. like makes your muscles move. It actually felt oh, yeah. pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure that was electrodes I mean, and not like little feet or something? Well, it could have been. It could have been that goat. It could have been the goat <laughs> yeah. that was on my back. I didn't even know it. I mean, it depends on how much electrical current right. is going. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that goes anywhere deadly. from like, oh, that feels kind of good to because they do have the tens units. Um, I forget what it stands for, but I have one, and it's really good if you're having back pain, yeah. and it just kind of like oh. little like zaps you. That's what the chiropractor but it probably feel, used. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like zapping. It just feel it makes vibration. Um, or... Yeah, it's like vibration or something. So it you know goes from there all the way into deadly. Right. So. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into this one. A man has pleaded not guilty to the manslaughter of a woman who died at a slapping therapy workshop. It's just got to be more than this, right? Yeah. Like in my Slap- mind, I'm like, he, he slapped her and then she died? Like, there's got to be more to it. Yeah. Uh, Danielle Cargom, 71, from Lewes, L-E-W-E-S, that's a place, died at Cleve House in Wiltshire, where she was taking part in the alternative therapy workshop. The workshop involves pytelygian therapy, where patients are slapped or slap themselves repeatedly. <laughs> Sounds like it sucks. Sounds like the tapping solution, but really gone awry. I remember 
I remember not only having this done to me, but also doing it to other kids on the school bus. Slapping people? Yeah. yeah you like grab the kids. <laughs> Five and star like, or whatever. You make them slap themselves. Oh, like, yeah. why are you slapping yourself? Huh? Stop, you hitting yourself? Yourself? Stop hitting yourself. What are you doing? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hong Chi Zhao of Cloudbreak in California entered a not guilty plea to the manslaughter by gross negligence charge during a hearing uh, in wherever this court was. After a woman's death on October 20th in 2016, a 60-year-old was charged in November, having been extradited to the UK from Australia. Wow. What? Mrs. Cargom from Lewes, East Sussex, was previously said by her family to have embraced alternative and holistic medicine and therapies to help her type 1 diabetes. Was this supposed to help? She's trying to slap the donut out of her hand or something? Like, (laughs) that'll stop you from diabetes. Slapping that... Starbucks coffee. Slap the Stanley Cup out of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> she was born in France, moved to the UK, age 21, where she was diagnosed with diabetes in 1999. I've got diabetes. That's right. I, I went with the, the Wilford Brimley pronunciation. <laughs> diabetes. Diabetes. In 1999, struggled to inject insulin due to fear of needles. Zhao, who ran the workshop, is alleged to have unlawfully killed Mrs. Cargom while delivering a Pidalysian workshop. The charge said... He owed a duty of care and, in particular, to take responsible steps to ensure that urgent medical assistance was sought. She stopped taking insulin during the program and suffered... So that's probably why she died. ...ketoacidosis. Yeah. severe lack of insulin in the body, hmm. which okay. means that it cannot use sugar for energy and starts to use fat yeah. instead. So, um, I do... Okay, if she died... Because she's an insulin-dependent diabetic, which Mm -hmm. type 1, different than type Mm 2, where lifestyle changes and diet do not, like, your your pancreas doesn't work. It doesn't produce insulin. You're insulin-dependent. If she stopped taking it to do the workshop, I don't think this guy's liable because that was her own decision. Like, she knows that she's dependent on insulin. I know she has a fear of needles or whatever. Um, but if your pancreas isn't producing insulin, like you're gonna die without it. it. Doesn't it? Doesn't matter if you're afraid of needles or not. Like you're still gonna die. Mm. Um, so mm. I don't think any alternative. I mean, me. I, I'm very open to like alternative therapies. I'm very holistic. I'm very like anti big pharma. Yeah. Um, so if there was a way around type one diabetes, I think that'd be really cool. And I do think people should explore it if they want to. But um, maybe he maybe was, he might have been slapping her like take your insulin. <laughs> take What's it. wrong with you? Slap. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's just really interesting. I've never heard of anything like this. Yeah, me neither. Uh, defense lawyer Jessica Clark told the court the deceased was an avid follower and ran her own courses of the practice. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes. Subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.